0: Thank you for choosing Minatrista Baptist Church podcast. We hope you benefit from this message. If you'd like to learn more about Minatrista Baptist Church, please visit our website at org. So we are studying the book of Mark together, and I invite you to take your Bible and turn to Mark chapter 10. Jesus is just a few months now out from his crucifixion and resurrection. And so we're going to look at a very, very, very familiar story today. When I was a kid, we would sing the song, Oh, You Can't Get to Heaven. And then you'd repeat it, Oh, You Can't Get to Heaven. And you'd say, In John's car, in John's car, You can't get to heaven in John's car. Oh, you can't get to heaven in John's car, because John's car Won't won't go that far. And there's a whole bunch of verses. I went online and there, <laughs> that actually uh, the Boy Scouts had the most verses. And I wonder if they sing that song these days, but the Boy Scouts used to sing, oh, you can't get to heaven. And they had probably 25 or 30 verses. Oh, you can't get to heaven in a ping pong ball. Oh, you can't get to heaven in a ping pong ball. Oh, you can't get, get, get to heaven in a ping pong ball because a ping pong ball is much too small. All right. Did you did you already have that one in your mind? Oh, you can't get to heaven in a limousine. or oh, you can't get to heaven in a limousine. Or oh, you can't get to heaven in a limousine because the Lord ain't got no gasoline. gasoline. Alright? Or oh, you can't get to heaven in dirty jeans. Or oh, you can't get to heaven in dirty jeans. Or oh, you can't get to heaven in dirty jeans because heaven's got no Washing machines, not washing machines, washing machines. Well, I read the next verse and I thought, you know what? If ever there was a verse that the rich young ruler, that's the passage we're going to look at today. If there ever was a verse the rich young ruler would like, it would be the next verse here. Oh, you can't get to heaven. Oh, you can't get to heaven on roller skates, on roller skates. Oh, you can't get to heaven. You can't get to heaven on roller skates. You got to work your way to the pearly gates. All right? That's that's one of the verses and the rich young ruler would love that verse because he is all about works. He is all about works. You can't get to heaven on roller skates. You got to work your way to the pearly gates and of course that is very misleading because you don't work your way to the pearly gates. So If you have a bulletin on the back side there, there is an introduction and it says this, immediately after blessing small children, we talked about that last week, immediately after blessing small children, and that's found in the Synoptic Gospels. Remember we talked about that. And The Synoptic Gospels are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And the reason they are called the Synoptic Gospels is because all three of them record a synopsis Of the life of Christ. John goes a little bit in a different direction. So, immediately after blessing small children, the Synoptic Gospels, and all three of them, record an encounter Jesus had with a rich young ruler. The contrasts of these two meetings display the truth of grace, and we talked about that last week, and works. And they also contrast joy. And sadness. So if you have your Bible, take it and turn to Mark chapter 10 and we will read the story which you probably heard a million times of the rich young ruler. This is what it says, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus again said, Children, How hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Peter said to him, we have left everything to follow you. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, and with them persecutions... And into the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. So that is the reading of God's word. And just to remind you, Jesus teaches that, and in your notes there, that grace from last week is not earned or deserved. Jesus showed that by welcoming children into his kingdom... That grace was not earned or deserved, because a child cannot earn or deserve anything, but yet God welcomes them into his kingdom. That kingdom citizenship is offered to both children and to those who are childlike, becoming citizens of heaven on no account of their own. So the children and those who are childlike become citizens of heaven from last week on no account of their own. And that presenting the gospel message to children is vital. We talked about how important that is as a church that we continue to share the good news with the children that God has provided for us to partner with. And if you remember Charles Spurden a few weeks ago, maybe now a few months ago, we talked about uh, Charles Spurden and how when he was asked if anyone got saved at the the uh, revival that he had the night before, he said, yes, he said, uh, two and a half people got saved. And they said, what do you mean, two and a half people? And he said, well, two kids got saved and one adult. And the two kids, basically what he was saying was the two kids have their whole life in front of them. That adult only has half a life. And so presenting the gospel message to children is vitally important. Now, for today, Jesus also teaches, and Jesus is, again, in his teaching mode. He has been doing miracles, 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 and a little bit of teaching. Now he's doing few miracles and lots of teaching because in his teaching mode, he needs to get the disciples ready because in just probably a year's time, they're going to be on their own. And so Jesus is doing a lot of teaching here. And if you look at your Bible, there's a lot of, I got a red letter Bible. So there's a, a lot of red letters in my Bible in the next few chapters because Jesus is doing a lot of speaking. And so if we look at our text here, it says then uh, after Jesus started on his way, all right, he was with, uh, with the children and he's starting on his way. And it says a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. So Jesus begins to leave that area. And again, in Luke chapter 18, which is a parallel story, Luke chapter 18, verse 18, uh, Luke says a certain ruler. So in our, our passage, it just says a man. So Luke calls him a ruler and probably he is a ruler of the synagogue. Matthew says that he's young in the parallel account. And all of them, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all of them say that he's got money. That's why he is called the rich, young ruler. And it says that this man ran to Jesus and knelt down before him. And if you remember us teaching on the prodigal son, running, especially if you are at least an elderly person or a very respected person, you didn't do a lot of running in those days. But this man, being young ran up to Jesus and he knelt down before him. This respected, looks like humble, probably very moral man asked Jesus how to inherit eternal life. I mean, that's his question. It says he ran and fell on his knees and said to Jesus, good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? This is what you would call a seeker. He's, he's, he's trying to figure it out. And maybe you have friends that are also seekers. They're trying to figure out this whole Christianity thing. I know that there's people in our church that are seekers. They're not yet Christ followers, but they are seeking. And it's interesting. Jesus, I, I mean, if somebody were to come up to me and say, how can I receive eternal life? I'd share the gospel message with them. And Jesus doesn't do that. He doesn't say, well, you know John 3.16, you know. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son and whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's how you get everlasting life. You believe on Jesus, His Son. But Jesus, because He knows the heart of the rich young ruler, answers His question with a question. Did you notice that? The good, rich, young ruler says, what must I do to inherit an eternal life? And then Jesus says, why do you call me good? He doesn't, he doesn't go into the gospel presentation. He goes right into the heart of the matter. And if you're taking notes, the first point is this. Goodness cannot be achieved. Goodness cannot be achieved. The rich young ruler, and most people don't understand the word good, do they? Most people do not understand the, wor- the word good. Most everybody believes they are good. If we went and I pointed to each of you and said, are you good? Most of you would say, yes, I'm good, yes, I'm good. I think I'm pretty good. Most everybody believes they are good and that their goodness is achieved, what? Through their good works. Yesterday somebody called me and wanted to know if I could help them move some furniture. And so uh, we did that, my dad and I, and we took the furniture out to her house and we uh, loaded, loaded it and took it down her steps. And afterwards we thought, we did a good deed. We're good. We're good. We helped somebody out. We're good. And the rich young ruler says to Jesus, good teacher, because he believes that Jesus is good. Jesus does good things. He's healed all kinds of people. And Jesus teaches good things. And so the rich young ruler called him good. But Jesus says, no one is good except God alone. And so what he's saying is, you don't measure goodness by anybody but God. You you don't measure goodness by anybody but God. And goodness is not relative. You know, compared to Ron, I'm really good. Okay? Yeah. Ron is shaking his head. What? All But But that's not how you measure goodness. You don't measure goodness. It's not relative. You don't measure it by somebody else. Charles Manson is really, really bad. But I'm, in comparison, really, really good. But you don't measure goodness by comparing yourself to someone else. What Jesus is saying is that God is good. It's absolute. That's the authority on goodness. And it's God. Nobody else can even Come close, and the Bible says this in a million different places, for all have sinned and fallen short of God's goodness. For all have sinned. Take your Bible and turn to Romans chapter 3. We've used this passage before, but I encourage you today, if you get some free time, to reread Romans chapter 3. There's a lot of good stuff in there, and we're going to be looking at it. Quite a bit this morning. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 is the one that I just mentioned to you. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned. If you look up at verse 10, it says, As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away, they have together become worthless. There is no one who is good. Not even one. Their throats are open Great, And you could go on and on and on and on, and we don't need to because we've read that verse a number of times. People are not good. People think they're good because they look at goodness relatively. But God says, no, there is only one good, and it's me. I'm, I'm God, and I'm the only one that is worthwhile, if you look at, uh, well, we'll look at that in a minute, but it's, uh, Jesus is starting his gospel presentation then, he didn't start with John 3.16, he started it with the fact that we need a savior, that this rich young ruler needs a savior, because he is not good, this rich young ruler thinks he is good, he's got to work his way to heaven, but of course he's not, and so Jesus goes on to point number two eternal life cannot be earned jesus teaches that eternal life cannot be earned and so what he says here in verse 19 is he says hey you know the commandments do not murder do not commit adultery do not steal do not give false testimony do not defraud honor your father and mother now how many how many well, i almost gave it away how many commandments are there 10 all right and you know that they came down on two tablets. Moses brought them down from Mount Sinai on two tablets. The first tablet had one through five, the second tablet had six through ten. The first five talk about our relationship to God, six, seven, eight, and uh, nine, and ten talk about our relationship with others. The first five deal with our heart, the second five deal with our actions. If you want to talk about it that way Jesus purposely uses the second five if you look at those those are mostly the second five because this man believes his obedience and his goodness is what gets him to heaven and we would call that works it's not grace it's works this man believes that his goodness because he says this in verse 20 teacher he declared all these I have kept since I was a boy I've done all these things. I've been good. All these things I've done. The problem is, he knows and obeys these on the surface, on the surface, while not really understanding the depth of the Ten Commandments. And Jesus explains the depth of the Ten Commandments in Matthew chapter 5, doesn't he? Remember Sermon on the Mount? Jesus says, you've heard it said, love your neighbor, do not murder. But I tell you, if you even think an angry way against your neighbor, you are committing murder. So the rich young ruler says, hey, I followed the, the commandment, do not murder. I have followed it. But Jesus says, that's the surface. That's the surface. What I want to do is I want to get down to the nitty gritty with you. And so, you know, if you have thought of a woman in a sexual way, then you've committed adultery. That's what the Bible says. And so Jesus gets a little bit deeper with his thought here. And the idea is the rich young ruler believes he has kept these from youth. I've done all these things. I'm good. I'm good. But of course, on the surface, yeah, maybe he had, but certainly not the depth of the law. And I guess what the rich young ruler did not know was that the law was given to show what sinners we truly are. The law was given to show what sinners we truly are. There's probably not a day that goes by where we don't break one of the Ten Commandments. And so that law was given to show What sinners we are. Romans 7 talks about that. But then if you look at Romans chapter 3 again. Told you we are going to look there a few times. Romans chapter 3 and verse 20. This is what it says. Therefore no one will be declared righteous in his sight. By observing the law. Rather through the law we become conscious of sin. And that's what it's saying here. The law was given to show that we are sinners and that we cannot, in our goodness, get to heaven. And so what Jesus is saying here is even this man's supposed good deeds are not enough to get him to heaven. So then Jesus now gets to the heart of this man's sin, which brings us to the next point. Earthly riches are temporary. Earthly riches are temporary. So he says in verse 20, Teacher, he declared, All of these I have kept since I was a boy. Verse 21, Jesus looked at him and loved him. I love that verse. It's a great verse. Jesus looked at him and loved him. Romans 5.8, God declared his love for us in this, While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus looked at him and loved him. And so he says, one thing you lack. He said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Jesus says, hey, for you eternal life boils down to one thing. One thing. One thing. Eternal life for you boils down to one thing. You get saved when you embrace and follow Jesus and you remove all your idols. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. And then the next point, real hope is not found in our possessions. Real hope is not found in our possessions. The man lost hope and left sad because that hope was found in his temporal possessions. And he realized that They were worthless, but he just couldn't get rid of them, could he? He just couldn't get rid of them. In a way, Jesus blew the wheels off of his roller skates, if you will. You've got to work your way to heaven on your roller skates. Jesus blew the wheels off of his roller skates by saying, goodness cannot be achieved, eternal life cannot be earned, earthly riches are temporary, and there is no hope in your possessions. So instead of the man saying, you're right, and became, becoming a Christ follower, the Bible says he went away sad. And isn't that interesting? Verse 22, at this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. He gave away his eternal life for his wealth. And I read this this past week, think about it, money makes it difficult to die. Money makes it difficult to die. Well, in this, the disciples are amazed and a little bit confused. Jesus says, uh, hey, look, it's hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of God because it's hard to give that up. And the disciples, verse 24, say they were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And then 26, the disciples were even more amazed and probably more confused. And so they said to each other, wow, if this guy can't get saved, who can? Who can get saved? And so the concept here is that our next point, eternal hope is found in following Jesus. Eternal hope is found in following Jesus. Well, who can get saved? Well, it's not earned or deserved. It's not for rich or for poor. Our goodness or our righteousness comes from Jesus. Back to Romans chapter 3. And verse 21. But now a righteousness. Okay, so verse 20 we just read. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law we become conscious of sin. But then verse 21. But now a righteousness from God apart from the law has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. The truth of the gospel is that Jesus took the penalty of your sin, and the penalty was death, and with his resurrection paid for your sins, and gives you his goodness then, it's called justification, that's the biblical word, gives you his goodness which is accredited to you, so the door of heaven opens. Let me read that again because it's important. The truth of the gospel is that Jesus took the penalty of your sin, which was death. He died and with his resurrection pays for your sins and gives you his goodness, which is accredited to you, so the door of heaven can open. And so you say, well, God's the only one that's good. No, as a believer now, I'm good. And the reason I'm good is because Jesus gave his goodness to me when he died on the cross. And that's how I can get into heaven now. And so the last point is the disciples are saying, wow, how is this even possible? Well, with God, all things are possible. That's what it said in verse 27. So the disciples said, hey, man, who can get saved? It's impossible. And Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And then Peter, you know, throws in this, Well, hey, man, we've left everything to follow you. I mean, we've left our family, we've given up our possessions. We were fishermen and and we gave up that and and we gave up our boat and we gave up our home and, and we did all of that. And thankfully, Jesus says, Hey, listen, I tell you the truth. No one who has ever left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and for the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much. So, you're also going to get some persecution on that, so you've got to be prepared for that. But, you know what, if you've left a lot to follow Jesus, if if you were like a rich young ruler and gave everything you had to the poor and followed Jesus... You'd, you'd receive a hundred times more, but he just didn't get that. When Vicky and I got married, we had a friend who cross-stitched a little uh, saying to us, and really, it, it goes to all of us. And here's what it here's what it says: Serving the Lord doesn't pay much, but the benefits are out of this world. I like that. Serving the Lord doesn't pay much, and you know what? Those of you that serve in the church, you know. Sometimes I I tell these people, you know, that Ron, uh, Gary, these people that that work hard, piano, Laura at the sound, you know, all these people. Bob, when he was helping with the building next door. I I, I say to these people, you know what? You guys are working so hard. We are going to double your salary. We are going to double your salary. The only problem is you can't double zero. (laughs) When you double zero, it's still zero. All right? serving the Lord doesn't pay much but the benefits are out of this world and then at the very bottom of your bulletin the goodness you can't achieve because it's absolute it's not relative the goodness you can't achieve is given to you as a key from Jesus opening the door of heaven so a long time ago roller skates used to have a key does anybody remember that? Roller skates used to have a key, and the reason you use the key was to make the shoe size bigger or smaller depending on your shoe. Well, I was thinking about that because I wrote that sentence before I found this idea about the roller skates. You can't get to heaven on roller skates. You gotta work your way. Well, I thought about that, but guess what? The key. So so that's the that's the roller skate. So that roller skate key that's used now creates a skate where one size fits all. I kind of like that idea. So one size fits all. All the skates now that you can use to get to heaven. <clears throat> you got to be careful because I've also heard this song, You Can't Get to Heaven on Roller Skates because you'll roll right past those pearly gates. Alright, you don't want to do that. But with Jesus, you won't roll past. Let's let's say a prayer together. Lord, we thank You for Your words. It's, it's real... uh It's real easy on paper, of course. It's real easy to read. But I think the deepness of our passage today is actually in obedience and understanding. So, Lord, I pray that you would uh, give us understanding and then be obedient. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Minnetrista Baptist Church is a community of Christ followers who value preaching and teaching scripture, biblical obedience, community, prayer, and evangelism. If you'd like to learn more about Minnetrista Baptist Church, please visit our website at minnetristachurch.org and come by for a Sunday morning service. We'd love to meet you.